Hello everyone, welcome to this new episode of Pnimios, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. Um, this week's um, shiur has to do with the Parsha. In Parsha's Vaigash, we have an interesting encounter in the beginning of the Parsha between Yehuda and Yosef. Yehuda approaches Yosef with strength, with determination. It's a story full of drama and the, 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 the deep and crazy drama of this, his, the story of Yosef with his brothers comes to conclusion in this Parsha when they finally, <clears throat> after meeting, they finally recognize each other. Yosef did recognize them, but they didn't recognize Yosef. And finally, when Yehuda comes to try to rescue Binyamin and offer his life, himself as a slave, as opposed to his brother, then Yosef confirms that Yehuda is actually doing tshuva for their mistake, Yehuda representing the rest of the brothers. And now we see that this time around, they are having Mesirus Nefesh um, to save the little brother, as opposed to what they did with him, which is exactly the opposite. And then when Yehuda speaks strongly and he says, look, I can't do this again to my father. We already did it with the younger brother. I need to bring this child to his father. He will die in pain if, if you keep him. That's when Yosef finally broke and cried and revealed himself to them. And interesting, very interesting uh, conclusion of this long and dramatic story. But when we go into the depths of Hasidus and Kabbalah, we find something incredible um, a new aspect, a deeper uh, mystical meaning of this encounter. Yosef and Yehuda represent two spiritual dimensions that normally they don't seem to go together so well and their encounter means a lot, spiritually speaking. So let's try to comprehend the essence and the differences between these two levels represented by Yehud and Yosef and see what they mean in our life and how we can apply it. <coughs> Excuse me. How we can apply it in our way as Hashem. The truth is that most Maimorim that speak about this, they're like so deep and so complex and so I don't know which word to use, all-encompassing concepts that I was wondering whether I have all the words necessary to bring it down correctly. Um, I don't know if uh, this week's podcast will come to you as a fully baked cake or if it's going to be a little raw and you're going to have to put it in your oven for a few more <laughs> minutes. But I think it's a worthy concept to analyze and to try to interpret and understand for our lives. We'll try our best. Um, in the past few um, shiurim, we spoke about Galia and Sosim, the revealed and the hidden aspects of um, of Torah, of ourselves, Am Yisrael, of Hashem, and how Hasidus invites us to explore the Sosim, the hidden, the infinite, the not tangible but so real 
they're not tangible, but yet the cause of all the other things that are tangible and we can um, grasp with our five senses. Now we're gonna see a different, but still similar aspect of this idea, Galio versus, or together with, Sosim. And we'll start with, with a, a little, a Kabbalistic idea that has to do also with the, the daily Tanya of the previous week. <clears throat> We're beginning the Tanya in the early learning. Um, and we learned in the few, in the first program, in the first chapters, about this idea of Hashem making us to his image and likeness. And that means that just like Hashem, in the way he influences the world, not in his essence, because his essence is infinite and we can't have access to even imagine or understand or think of his infinite light. But then he created a system, a seder ishtal shelus, a way of, um, a way of bringing down his influence, his light, his energy to us. And to that, we could project from ourselves. With that part of Hashem, we could understand and feel a connection and feel identified because we are made to make the image and likeness of those 10 sephiros, of those 10 um, aspects of godliness. Now, when we talk about aspects, when we talk about sephirot, they're both a revelation of godliness and a concealment of godliness at the same time. Consider the expression Hasidus uses to explain this, which are levushim, garments. A garment, like a jacket, does it cover you or it exposes you? The answer is both. On one hand, in the most literal way, it covers you, it covers your skin, and yet, thanks to it, you can go outside without freezing or burning by, uh, with the sun. You can go outside and expose yourself to society, and the way you get dressed is also a statement about yourself. So clothes, to an extent, reveal the person and the personality, and to an extent, conceal us from others. And that's exactly what the Sephiris do to Hashem. When we say that Hashem is good and kind, we attribute chesed to Hashem. Does that mean Hashem is kind? Well, if you say yes, you're limiting him because it's obviously not only that. First of all, it's not what we think of chesed. It's much more than that. His chesed is much more than our chesed. And also, it's not only chesed. It's infinitely more than that. And yet, he's also kind. And also kind in the way we understand kindness, but not limited to that. So these sefirot, these expressions, are limited aspects, limited lights, limited expressions of a godly koyach, power, energy. And yet, for us, which are tiny, limited creatures, it's amazing, and we're thankful for Hashem's um, uh, system of concealment, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to um, we wouldn't be able to get or to appreciate any part of godliness. Now, this interesting system of giving light from the infinite God to the finite and very limited and temporary creatures, namely us, called Seder Ishtarslus, works in a way of what we call in Kabbalah, Orot and Kelim, 
oiris and kalim, lights and vessels. So the essence of the energy is the light and the tool, the limited aspect, the garment through which that energy comes to us is the vessel. Now, if we zoom out, all of the group of sephiros can be divided into two also. All of the above spheres and malchus. Like the inner spheres are the light, the koyach, the hashpa, the influence that Hashem is planning to give us. And malchus is the way Hashem gives it to us. Just like we said before, we're made in the image and likeness of Hashem. In us, that would mean our intellectual and emotional um, part of the soul is our light and our thoughts, speech and action is the way we reveal it towards the outside. It's what we call our malchus. That's why it is in Kabbalah, malchus fe. The malchus is the mouth of the soul. Just like you could have an amazing idea, but if you don't say it, nobody finds out about it. You could have a groundbreaking theory in some field, but if you never dare to actually process it in your thoughts or write it or speak it, teach it or do something about it, then the idea will never get across. And therefore, these two are essential parts of the process of the revelation of the soul, which means if you don't have an idea, well, then talking wouldn't do much. But if you have an idea and you don't talk, then the idea wouldn't do much either. Um, put into other words, this is, has a, a, a resemblance with the machlokes. There is a discussion in Gemara. The Chachomim not only discussed halachic topics, they also discussed pretty philosophical ideas, like this one. There is a machlokes in Gemara whether Talmud Godel or Maise Godel. What is higher? What is better? What is bigger in Judaism? Action, like the fulfillment of mitzvahs, actually do what you're meant to do as a Jew in this world, or Talmud, learning it, knowing the, the development of ideas, the vision that big Chachomim have, the ideology of Torah, understanding the theories, comprehending Hashem's will and Hashem's intelligence, swimming deep, diving into the ocean of knowledge of Hashem and Torah, or actually doing it. What's better, eating the apple with its nutrients or knowing five books about the way antioxidants and vitamins work inside your body? Interesting question. Why would they debate that? Because Yiddishkeit, on one hand, we're the people of the book, but on the other hand, the whole idea of the book is to actually fulfill it and do it. So which one is it? Listen to the answer of the Chachomim. It's very tricky, typical of the Chachomim. They say, my Talmud uh, Godoil, learning, theory, learning Torah, developing the ideology, delving into uh, the, the godly knowledge, it's much greater. Why? Because it brings you to action. Oh, so you're saying that action is better? No, learning is better. 
but it's better because it makes you do. In other words, if you dedicate yourself to the development of ideas, most probably if you learn the books about the vitamins and the nutrients and antioxidants of the apples, most probably you'll end up eating apples. But if you only eat the apples, you won't end up also reading the books. Like A brings to B, but B doesn't bring to A. And therefore, if you want to do it completely, start from A because then you will have both. Now, there is another Machloikes in Gemara that apparently has nothing to do with the first one, but when we analyze it according to Chsides, you'll see that they do. The other Machloikes we find between Chachomim and again, it's not an alachic discussion, it's not something that has a practical application. It's whether in the creation of the world, when Hashem made it all, what did he do? What did he make first? Heaven or earth? So one opinion says Hashem made heavens first and the earth second. The other opinion says no. Hashem made the earth first and the heavens second. What do they base their opinion on? On Psukim of the Torah. The one opinion says, well, it says, Bereshis Borelikim es Hashomayim Mesodes. First he made the heavens, then the earth. So clearly you have it there. And the other one says, well, but there is another posuk further up in Bereshis that says, and this is at the end of creation, it says, and this is all that Hashem made. This is what Hashem has made the day that he decided to make the, uh, the earth and the heavens. And there it is earth before heaven. Now, what is this discussion about? Like, honestly, what do we care? First of all, my have have it. Whatever already happened, happened. Hashem already did the world, and, and who cares in what order? What does it make, what difference does it make in our lives? So here's the explanation. Chesidus understands heavens to mean spirituality, the light, the reason, the inside, the sosim, the concealed infinite light, the inner meaning, the inner light inside of those intellectual ideas or emotional feelings that we have. And Oretz is the physical expression of it, saying it, doing something about it. When they discuss what's, what came first, first as in more important, first in Myla, what is first? What is more important? The heavens, the depth of the spiritual light that lies inside of the structure, or the earth, the practical down-to-earth application of the thing, the action. What is more important, the love or the flowers? That's a question. And that's a very real question. And that's a question that does affect our choices in life. Listen to what Hasidus uh, gives, the resolution that Hasidus gives to this discussion. Hasidus says, of course, that both opinions are right and they're both truth. Well, how can they both be truth if they're asking which one is first? And opinion one says A is first, B is second. Opinion two says B is first, A is second. How can they go together? So Hasidus explains that one is correct, Bepoyel, and the other one is correct, Bemachshavo. One opinion is right in practical reality, the way Hashem, in the revealed way Hashem made the world, Bereshis Borelikim, Es Hashomayim first, Vesoretz second. 
Heaven comes before earth. Spirituality is higher than physicality, always. Meaning is higher than form. Spirituality is higher than physicality. That's how it is. But Bemachshova, in Hashem's intention, when Hashem thought of the world, Eretz is the most important and Shomayim is the secondary thing. In other words, there could be a situation like this, where the real, in reality, the real thing you're doing, you're doing A first and B second, but in your kavana, in your heart, in your intention, in the meaning that you give things, second is more important and one is only the process that let you get to second. I'll give you an example. It says, Soif Maise The end of the action is what comes in the thought first. For example, if a person has an idea, a thought, an idea to make a business. Hey, I want to make money. Um, how do I do it? Um, yeah, I heard from a friend that he went to China, to this province, and there was a, I don't know, a shoe factory that's about, it's about to close down. So I traveled to China, I negotiate with the factory that's closing down to give me all the, the, the merchandise that they have left for a very, very cheap price. And then I speak to someone in the US who's uh, a professional uh, port authority, um, whatever, to deal with all the, the customs and, and all those taxes. And then I hire someone to open up a store or two and a marketing professional in order to make advertising for my shoes. And we make them a special, I don't know, um, uh, what's it called branding and the kids are I'm planning the whole entire thing it takes me a long time to plan the process of the business then I go on to hire the people have meetings do the things find the investors do the whole entire thing and after a year two years three years finally the business cycle finishes and Baruch Hashem, uh, there was blessing and we made the money and everyone's happy what happened there? You had a thought in the beginning, the very original thought was, I want to make money. But then that thought went into a whole of ideas and, and processes and thoughts and then speech and then actions, all of those together throughout a long period of time ended up bringing the original idea, the original thought, the original wish which was making money. Which means what in your kavana is first, in reality is last. And what in your kavana is last, in reality is first. People only see one part of the thing. But the truth is that deep inside yourself, the part that you're not seeing yet is the actual kavana for what you did the whole thing. Um, to bring it down a little further, I'll share with you a story with the Rebbe Rashab. Once the, the Hasidim were sitting with the Rebbe Rashab, and I, think, I don't think they were English, but probably it was very cold, and that's why the Rebbe came over and offered them tea. <laughs> so basically, she brought tea to the table, and it was in the afternoon, and it was about the time for Mincha. And some Hasidim said, okay, so let's dine first, and then we sit to drink and to chat. And the other group said, no, no, let's have the tea first, and then, and then we'll daven. And so a discussion arose, what's better to do first? And then they, they obviously they asked the Rebbe, what does he think? 
What do you think, Rebbe? Should we first drink or should, should we first daven? And he said, depends what's more important for you. Wait, but in what way? <laughs> Not in the typical one. If the main thing for you is the tea, so then daven first, get it off of your head, and then see to have the tea. If the main thing is to daven to Hashem with Kavana, then have the tea, warm yourself up, prepare yourself, feel good, talk to your friends, be inspired, and then you can put all of your koyach into davening. So it depends what's more important. It's not always the most important first. The most important sometimes is last. Because the process has to come before the result. It's like eating before davening. So here we have an interesting understanding of the two dimensions of the soul represented by Yehuda and Yosef. Yosef represents the knowledge, the vision, the, the, the ability to interpret, the, the capacity to perceive the deeper meaning of life. Yehuda, Yehuda is the regular Jew. Yehudi means Yehuda. Yehuda is the one that does the, act, the actual, the practical fulfillment of mitzvahs. Yehuda is more like Kabbalah soil to the practical rituals of Judaism. And Yosef is the visionary of the intelligence. Yosef is the Shomayim. Yosef is the higher perception of godliness. Yehuda is the lower and most basic perception of godliness. Yosef is Shomayim. Yehuda is Eretz. Yosef is Talmud. And Yehuda is action. Now, who came to whom? Who's bowing down to whom? Who's the king and who's the slave? Well, clearly, Yehuda is offering himself up for a slave. Yehuda is coming and saying, you are like the Pharaoh itself. And may I find grace in the eyes of my master. Yehuda is coming to Yosef as a master. Because the action must bow down to the vision. In other words, the actions we do, the frumkite we keep, the mitzvahs we do, the actions must be filled with meaning, with kavano, with understanding, with connection, with passion, with questioning, with looking for meaning. And that's the engine of the car. So the outside, that you say, the chassis, that's what you call the outside, the metal of the car, has to be bottled and bow down to the engine. The, the action of chesed has to be directed by the feeling of chesed. The flowers have to, has to, have to be a consequence of the true love. And yet, Yosef deep down knows that the Jewish people will come out of Yehuda, Davka, and not mostly, or most of the Jewish people throughout history are Yehudim and not from the tribe of Yosef. He knows that the real mission will be fulfilled by the simple soldiers. And yet the simple soldiers must come down to habitual and listen to the visionaries of the army. There is only one or two, uh, whatever, what's it called, uh, generals, mefakdim, or one, that, that there is one or two that give orders and most of them are the ones who actually do the job. And the war, the war is won by the soldiers, not by the generals. And yet, if the soldiers do what they feel like and they don't listen to the generals, then they won't war, win any war. In other words, now back to action and study, higher perception or practical reality. 
the, the, the tzeichel or the midas of the soul or the levushim, the garments of the soul, back to this A against B or A together with B type of equation, we can now understand this, the big meaning of the encounter between Yehuda and Yosef. Yehuda, the Maise, is indirectly greater, but only once Talmud is. In other words, the Chachomim say, Talmud Godoil, because he brings it to Maise. Yosef is the king, because he's the one who feeds Yehuda. Oh, wait, so Yehuda is the more important? Right, once he's fed by Yosef. It's like a type of uh, harmony that has to be created a cycle of Mashpia and Mekabel, and then Mekabel and Mashpia between Yosef and Yehuda, between action and inspiration, between simple physical reality and spiritual high perspective. So the bottom line is that we're in this world to make a deal of a tachtoinim. And that is that what counts is action. We live in the world called Olam Asiya. If you do something, Hashem will bless you. Hashem will bless you in anything you do, not in anything you plan. The blessing of Hashem is in action, not in the intellectual plans. What Hashem wanted when He created the world, the Tachlis Akavono, which means in Hashem's Machshobo, like in the example of the business He wants to make money, which is the end of the idea, in Hashem's Machshobo, the intention was Eretz, the, the lower land, the reality, down to earth, the practical and actionable actions of mitzvahs. But in order for that to happen in the right way, you need to take that action and, and, and take it around a little bit around heaven. The Eretz needs to be embedded with some Shomayim to it. The action has to be splashed with Kavono, with taste, with Tam, with meaning, with ideals. And only then the action is more important. Of course, the bottom line is edits. And, and, and what counts is the practical application of things. But you have to have something, something spiritual that you're applying with this action. And that's a big union of Vaigash. Yehuda is the bottom line. Yehuda is the one that's fulfilling the shlichus. Yehuda is the one that functions in this world the way Hashem wants. But only once he bows down to Yosef and he lets Yosef feed him. When Yosef feeds him and guides him, then Yehuda is the one that fulfills the mission of Hashem. And now we can understand a beautiful pirush that the Rebbe Rasha brings in Aim Beis and the Pasuk, We say it every day in Davening, I will praise you, my God, because you picked me up from the pit and you didn't let my enemies be happy on my, uh, whatever, on my uh, decline. I'll thank you, Hashem, for picking me up. That's a pshat, the literal translation of the Posuk in Tehillim. Comes the Rebbe Rashab and translates it spiritually like this. He says, the level of Malchus which in the soul of the person we said are the three garments, the Machshobadi, Burmaise, thought, speech, and action, which means the 
actualization, the materialization, the practical applying, applying of the feelings or the ideals of the soul, Malchus is called a delet, a petach. Malchus is called the door because the door is the place that connects the inner part of the house with the outer, with what's on the street. And Hashem, I thank you, I will praise you Hashem for letting me be, for letting me become a door, for letting me become the bridge that connects spirituality with physicality. Thank you Hashem for letting me be the malchus, the mouth, the door, the passage to your message onto the world. Thank you for letting me be the connection between my soul and you. We have to strive to become the bridge that connects our neshama with Hashem, the bridge that connects Hashem with the world and not the wall that separates between them. And that's the unity between Yehud and Yosef that we find in our Parsha, Parsha Svayigash. Thank you very much for listening. I hope it was clear. As always, you can always send in questions and I'll gladly answer them if I can. We'll meet, we'll hear each other again, Mrs. Hashem, next week. All the best.